45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is H.M. Winant, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Please enjoy. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition. And it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. At Robertson Law, Tony Figueroa and our guests Ann Serling, Joseph Doherty, and Dan Farron. Ann is the author of As I Knew Him, My Dad, Rod Serling, an intimate portrait of the Emmy Award winning creator of The Twilight Zone, and Night Gallery. Joseph Doherty is the Emmy Award-winning writer, producer, and director of such shows as 30-something, Saving Grace, and Pretty Little Liars, while Dan Farron is one of the producers of Story Salon. We are spending this hour talking about episodes of The Twilight Zone and Night Gallery that continue to stay with us for one reason or another. Plus, as we mentioned before, Anne Serling also serves on the board of directors of the Rod Serling Memorial Foundation, plus she's involved with the Rod Serling School of Fine Arts Fifth Dimension program, as well as Rod Serling books. And, and I imagine that folks can find out more about uh, Rod Serling books, I, I imagine, through your website, uh, annserling.com. And is there a rodserlingbooks.com? That, I mean, I know you have a Facebook page, but there's also an, uh, is there also a rodserlingbooks.com? There is. Okay. There you go, rodserlingbooks.com. Uh, let's see. Um, I, we realize that you are biased, and we realize that you have watched Twilight Zone at different stages of your life. But what to you, Anne, what to you makes a good Twilight Zone episode? Well, I, you know, I think, again, my dad's goal to, to write about these important issues, and, and he was actually once quoted as saying that he felt it was the writer's job to menace the public's conscience. And I think that's what makes so many of those episodes successful because I think he did exactly that and I think also as you were saying a lot of these like walking distance as you get older these, these have a whole brand new meaning and uh, that they do stand the test of time I think is because they deal with issues that uh, so many people are so relatable so many can, people can relate to these stories I think I said this to you uh, the last time you were on, Anne, but uh, for the benefit of Joe and Dan and Tony, we've, we mentioned in Praise of Pip, which is one of the shows that Jack Klugman did, he also did a game of pool, 
And when Klugman, when Klugman did our show a couple of years ago, he, he, lo- he loved both those episodes for different reasons, but the pool player, he really, I mean, he really, it, it, it was as if Serling felt he wrote that for him. That's Chuck Sage, George Clayton Johnson. I, yeah, I think it was George Clayton Johnson. But I think your father changed the ending, <laughs> if I remember this. Well, he loved, he loved doing the Twilight Zone, and he loved reading your father's words. Yeah, I think there, there was a mutual admiration there. I mean, how great was Jack Klugman? Mm. How, how many Klugman episodes were there? There, there, are four, there are four, but he's also in Velvet Alley, and I didn't... Because yeah, that was, yeah. I also love, you know, the, that one, the pool episode. Just that see Jonathan Winters in that type of role, which you didn't always get to see him that way. I mean, it's. I think it was a wonderful idea that you had people that were not known for drama doing dramatic roles, people who are not necessarily known for comedic roles, getting to play more comedic characters. You got to see Art Carney in a different light, playing Santa Claus. So it was. You have laughs, but you you got to see somebody who probably uh, America primarily knew as Ed Norton at the time. So you got to see him in a totally different light. So it was just right. wonderful for that reason alone. And at the same time, in Night of the Meek, you got to see John Fiedler pretty much being John Fiedler. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you've seen Ed Wynn be Ed Wynn. Okay. Yeah. Oh, now correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm blanking on the title. It's, 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 it's it, a, a, a pitch for the angels? Oh, one, for the, one, for, with, one, yeah. one for the angels. One, one for, for the angels. angels. Which, is an, which is arguably another kind of Serling mask. Am I a good enough storyteller to pull this off? Am I going to succeed? And if I remember correctly, and uh, I think Rod wanted Ed Wynn to do that show, and Ed didn't think he could do it because that was, it was outside his comfort zone. Um, I'm not sure if it was that episode or actually in Requiem for a Heavyweight. And they they did another show called The Man in the Funny Suit, which told the story of how difficult it was for Ed Wynn to play that role. And uh, my dad actually acted in that as well. I just found out about this, I think it was in May, uh, when I went to the Jewish Film Festival in Toronto and they showed this. But it was a very, it was a real stretch for Ed Wynn to play that part, and they were very worried that he wasn't going to be able to do it. There were, there were, there are like there are stories about them being really worried right up until air. And Jack, yeah, Jack Plant said, "No, he's he's in." <laughs> yeah, I had heard a story that when he Edwin did a requiem for a heavyweight, you know, he like you said, he they were concerned, you know, if he could do that serious of a role. I heard there, there's there's like one moment where you see him like he's just doing some stage business sitting at a table and he just went, oh no 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 yeah just and it's just for a brief moment when he's doing that but yeah he was he was just so good i mean uh, playing those roles but then when uh, one for uh, yeah one for the angels yeah. yeah he got to be you know that loud uh, more comedic figure right, and right. Yeah, yeah another fabulous actor and again it, it's i think is it is it I'm trying to remember. I think it is. I think it's Requiem, where it went off the air live, and the chairman of CBS called the control room. Yeah. And just, and yeah. just congratulate. Just like out of, it never happened, but the chairman of CBS called the control room and thanked <laughs> them. I think the phrase is, you've just put television ahead 10 years. Wow. Yeah, one of those fabulous moments, right? <laughs> then, then Keenan got to do the comedic, I forgot the title also, where he was a writer, where he dictated everything into the... Oh, world, world of his own? Yeah, world, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that it's was It's the it. end of the first season. Yeah, and just to see 
him and get the last and your in your dad's the punchline of the episode at the end. I mean, just that, that yeah. one little. Oh thing. Rod! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Rod! <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> We're talking to Ann Serling, Joseph Doherty, and Dan Farron. Ann is the author of As I Knew Him, My Dad. Rod Serling, an intimate portrait of the Emmy Award-winning creator of The Twilight Zone and Night Gallery that is also a moving testament to the love between fathers and daughters. You can find As I Knew Him, my dad Rod Serling, in bookstores everywhere as well as Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, and Serling.com and wherever books are sold online. Joseph Doherty is the Emmy Award-winning writer, producer, and director of such shows as 30-something, Saving Grace, and Pretty Little Liars, while Dan Farron is one of the producers of Story Salon. And we've been dedicating our program tonight to episodes of The Twilight Zone and Night Gallery that have stayed with us over the years for one reason or another, as well as talking about Anne's book and the legacy of Rod Serling in general. Do you have a favorite episode of The Twilight Zone, Anne? No. Um, again, the, the, the nostalgia-themed ones I love, uh, Walking Distance, Willoughby, and Praise of Pip, um, Death Head Revisited, uh, I thought was a hell of an episode. Um, I'm not, I wasn't crazy about the, the, uh, the ones that tried to be comedic. I didn't think they were all that successful, uh, which is kind of interesting to me because in person my dad was so funny, but I didn't think they were great Twilight Zones. Mm-hmm. But again, the ones that go back in time where, where he has that opportunity to see his parents like in walking distance and sees himself as a little boy on summer day. I'm, you know, big with the time travel episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm, so the one with Russell Johnson going back, uh, the one with Buster Keaton where half of it's like a silent movie. Well, that, yeah. I, I saw that one, Reese, about a year ago for the first yeah. time. That was great. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I think anything that deals with, deals with time travel or the afterlife. So you know, one for the angels, the Jack Plugman uh, pool one. I'm trying to think of a couple. The one with the uh, mountain man, kind of the the hillbilly who's went hunting with his dog. Oh, the hunt. The hunt. Yes. But that's uh, that's actually that's oh gosh, that's Earl Hamner Jr. I think. Yes, that was Earl Hamner. Yeah. yeah. So the guy who gave us the Waltons. But, you know, but here's the here's the other thing. Is, is we're mentioning other writers. We're also talking about a television show, which I think was 160 episodes, and I think you can count the writers on the fingers of one hand. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I believe your father wrote 90 of the 160? My dad, my dad wrote, not, there were 156, actually, and my dad wrote 92. Wow. 92. Very good, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> If, if it was if it was prices right, I might have gotten the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. And I was wondering, as as a writer yourself, um, what did you learn about writing from your father? Well, it was very interesting to me, and I actually found this out after after my dad died. I I always, when I write, I, I read aloud what I've written at the end of the day, and I didn't, even before my dad used a dictaphone, I found out that he did that. I went to a conference. So I was, I was sort of intrigued by that. I think probably discipline, don't give up, perseverance, I think I've, I've learned that. Because certainly my dad, you know, with these battles with these sponsors, could have just said the hell with it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't give up, and I, and I think, um, that's pretty commendable for, I, I think, in any profession, probably. But uh, I, I think, yeah, that's that's what I've learned. You mentioned also in the book that uh, 
your dad considered Patty Chayefsky to be one of his uh, idols. Uh, what do you think um, about uh, Chayefsky's writing that, that Rod uh, identified with? Well, probably the, the human condition. He was, a, was he a Clifford Odets fan as well? Um, that I'm not sure of. Okay. It's just that social consciousness when I think of them. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. all together. I, I think you talk about this in the book, and when you first started to write yourself as a young girl, and you would show your dad some of your stuff. Yeah. And if I remember I, correctly, he, he, he wasn't exactly gushing, but he would say <laughs> stuff like, okay. Well, no, I, I wrote a lot of poetry. I never wrote short story or anything back then, but I did write poetry. And I would show it to him, and if he liked it, I would know immediately because he would, he, he would gush, and he would talk about it for days. If he didn't like it, I would also know immediately because he would declare it interesting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All the dreaded interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you knew he had some taste. <laughs> Deciding there. Yeah, well, yeah, or at least, at least, at least that's an honest reaction, you know. At least, at least you knew. Okay, well, you know, don't go there. Put that to the side, and you know, let's develop that. Dan asked you some of the things you learned about your dad as a result of writing the book. What did you learn about yourself as a result of writing this book? Well, again, you know that that I did I, that I could be very disciplined if I really put my head to it. And um, I, there was a, there used to be a cartoon in the New Yorker where a writer gets up and. Uh, leaves at that point the typewriter and starts to vacuum and looks out the window and is cleaning out the refrigerator. And I always thought that was a really funny cartoon because I could completely relate. Oh, yeah. Any writer could. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, all that, was, of us. that was what I was doing this morning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know. Uh, right. uh, and, it, you know and it did take me six to seven years to write this book, um, and and not so much because I was vacuuming, but well, yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine some parts were harder to you know either put down on paper or massage on paper than others. Well, I th- one of the really difficult parts of this book was when I was reading my dad's letters to and from his parents when he was in training camp before he was shipped off to the Philippines. And, and my own son was 18 at that time, so it really drove home how young these kids are that we send off to these horrific wars. And, you know, reading these letters, and my dad was just this kid, and he was asking for comic books and brownies and just this little boy, and it, it really broke my heart. These were really tough pages to write. And I also initially had a very difficult time being so open about my grief and I really have to credit my editor because of a first draft she said your your grief is so central to this book you need to be more open and once she said that I just let go and I actually did an early reading at the Paley Center before the book was even done and a woman came up to me afterwards and she said that her dad had a terminal illness and that he would be gone any day and she said that after hearing me read she knew she would be okay and I, it was so unexpected and such a gift to know that my words had, you know, in some way helped this woman. Um, I, and I couldn't even articulate what I was feeling. All I could do was hug her. Well, it really, it's, it's a, uh, we started here. We'll go right back. It's really a remarkable book. It just is. Well, it's, thank you. 
One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.